FMX Network production. A series of the most exciting action imaginable. Welcome to the Leanne Re-Raceables on PulpMX.com. Mathis and Weege revisit the instant classics from yesteryear, spotlighting those historic moto moments that simply never grow old. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Liat Re-Raceables. Thanks for listening. Uh, fun to do these, man. Today's race, 2000 Steel City. We're going to focus on the 125 class. We will talk about the 250 class as well, but we're going to focus on the 125 class because this championship came right down to the wire. Uh, so thanks again for listening. Tell a friend, subscribe, all of that stuff. Thanks to Liat for coming on board. Use uh, the contact form on pulpamex.com to send me an email. I'll send you a code to save with Liat. So you can absolutely grab anything from Liat at a distance. Discount. Same same gear that the uh, Solitaire guys are running. I saw a bunch of Liat this past weekend in the UK. 5.5 flex lock boots, 6.5 velocity goggles, 9.5, 8.5 helmets. Liat offers uh, mountain bike motocross gear for people uh, who really love to push the edge. And uh, it's great stuff. And, uh, yeah, use the contact form at uh, pulpmex.com to save at liat.com. Uh, Scott Goggles, Maxis Tires, Decal Works, Guts Racing. We will tell you more about later on in this show. But uh, we've watched this on YouTube, and, uh, yeah, we are absolutely going to have a good time. I've made some notes about this and something that happened on Friday that I want to talk about as well. But uh, let me get the two co-hosts in here. First up, he is the voice of the motocross series, Jason Wygan. What's up, Weege? Yeah. Were you here? Were you there this day? Yes, I actually was at this race. I was a spectator. Uh, I remember this well as maybe the most tired day, maybe the most tired I've ever been in my life as a human. And I was like going through bouts of depression all day because um, college had started that weekend. I was moving into an apartment. I had to jet out to Steel City, which was like seven hours away real quick between moving into my apartment and school starting on, this was Labor Day weekend, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So I guess I had Monday in between to drive home. And then I really got caught. I'd kind of met Davey Coombs a little bit earlier that year. And um, he's like, do you want to go to the party downtown? And I'm like, downtown Belmont? And he's like, no, idiot, downtown Pittsburgh. And I'm like, sorry, man, I didn't know, dude. I didn't know. Um, I mean, I'm just like, I just drove to Delmont. I don't know if Delmont has a downtown. I don't know anything about or Pittsburgh. I've never been here before. So then I ended up going to this party. I'm seeing things I've never seen in my life. Dirt bike racers, professionals drinking alcohol, which yep. I didn't even know happened. Right. Um, so then it's like two in the morning and I'm like, wow, I did not plan on doing this. Um, but I just wanted to see this championship battle. We can talk more about the personal side later, yeah. but, uh, yeah. yes, I do remember this race. Well, I was so exhausted, but it was worth going because you don't get nail biter titles like this very often. That's a great story. We, yeah, I do want to dive into this a little bit more because I have a steel city after party also a uh, story, uh, not from this year, from but, this year, no, from another year. Yeah. Oh, uh, we might've hung out. Maybe, maybe, uh, also on the line from, from. Popular demand. Uh, the man is a uh, motocross uh, uh, encyclopedia. Seth Rarick. What's up, Rarick? How are you, man? I'm doing good. You had to bring me back. I love it. Yeah, you well, you did a really good job last time, and I think our listeners liked it. So, uh, yeah, welcome back. Um, There's really I, not much I like doing than uh, – <laughs> or not – yeah, not much else I'd rather be doing than talking about old races. Yeah, 
Yeah, you um, and you picked this one, and uh, it's it's not a thrilling race to watch, but it's a real thrilling season with subplots and everything else involved. So, like, I I get it, man. We did all one Steel City. That's the Langston wheel. That one's amazing. Uh, but this one wasn't bad either uh, for all the things that were going on, Rarick. Yeah, I picked this one. Um, I mean, obviously, we just had Iron Man season just ended, so I was thinking something like, you know, final race of the year that was epic and. Yeah, even though the race didn't play out that crazy, I don't think this championship gets talked about enough, and especially Pastrana being literally 15, having to go 1-1 to win. You know, everyone listening, not everyone, but 90% of people listening to this obviously know Travis, and all that he's done is, you know, freestyle and action sports, but he doesn't get enough credit as how badass of a racer he was, man. He was phenomenal. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to touch on right off the top, like, we're seeing this Hayden Deegan, right? He just thrilled us at Ironman with these jumps. And he's had a tremendous rookie season. We all know Stu. And we all know Ricky. And and I do feel like what could have been with Travis. I was uh, wrenching for Kelly Smith at KTM this year and the next year. And, like, yeah, Weeds just – he's got one national title. So it's not like he, you know – is one of those great what-if questions about winning because he won a Supercross title, he won a national title. But, dude, Travis was amazing, amazing. Yeah, we were supposed to have three guys. We were supposed to have Carmichael, Stu, and Travis. I mean, that was what we were all set up for. I mean, it really was stamped because of a, a video there, the Fox Terra Firma with them as kids in their motorhome. But there was a reason they picked those three. Like, Fox was on it early to know that these are, like, three talents beyond the typical um, – and, I mean, you could argue it's not – well, could have been, yes. Pastrana definitely went on to become famous and successful in his own right. But as far as the racing, we were supposed to get those three battling for years. And now we talk about Stu and RC all the time, mm-hmm. including now they're the TV guys because of their battles. And that's what everybody wants to focus on. And, it, dude, I swear, Seth, you probably agree. I swear people probably forget that Travis Pastrana was this good and this legit point. I mean, yeah, he he was phenomenal. I think we definitely would have got those three battling. There's, I don't think anyone would argue that. That was around to watch the races at that time. And in my opinion, the beginning of the end for Travis was Unadilla 01 when he got knocked out last lap of the second moto because people forget, too, he was on the way to easily win that championship. And I was standing right there. I would have been nine, uh, standing literally on the fence next to the jump where he got KO'd at Dilla. And I will never, I was a massive Pastrana fan, still am. I'll never forget watching that. And that was, uh, yeah, that was it. Beginning of the end. He was never the same. Yeah, he had a he had a point slate, looking good to stretch it out. Came back to Washugo, knocked himself out again. And yeah, never, never the same. I can remember like Daytona, like a track with that back then was uh, really not built great and just holes in the ground and little kickers and big kickers and jumps that were different shapes from the inside to the outside. Things that rewarded creativity and watching him in practice figure this thing out and then he would just destroy everybody in the main because it actually took real like bike skills to get over this stuff and to wheelie and put your front end here and put your rear wheel here. I mean, the guy was phenomenal. I mean, I don't know if he's stew-level talent. That's saying a lot. Uh, he's not far off, though, uh, Rarick. No, no, no. He was the first guy I remember seeing that created speed with what you're saying, creativity, jumping bumps, you know, wheeling rollers, mm-hmm. like using just using actual bike skill rather than just raw 
just raw speed, you yeah. know. And I mean, he was what 190 pounds on a 125. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's he, that's pretty gnarly. <laughs> so he's six points down of Ron Ron coming into this race, which I didn't realize. I thought they were closer than that. So basically, you know, they they he made up 41 points in the middle of the year. Pastrana was down 41 to Roncada and just went on a tear the last few nationals. Came into this one. And Weege, I will say, I do remember thinking, like, Ron Ron's in trouble. Steel City, Pastrana, Cernix, he's got problems. <laughs> yeah, and, and also because Pastrana had won all the races coming into this. I mean, the beginning of this championship was pretty wide open because Carmichael had won the last three in a row. And I think there were... I guess usual for this class, five or six guys who probably thought this thing's mine, mm-hmm. including these two, Arcana and Pastrana. But, uh, you know, I, I think Mitch had actually hired, Ricky told Mitch to hire Talon Volan to, like, be his replacement, so to speak. Uh, there were a lot of guys, I think, that thought they could win this. And then, dude, by about the halfway mark, Roncada was smoking all of them. And even Pastrana, I remember going to Unadilla that year, and, like, he was a distant 2-2. Like, no one had anything for him. But then... Uh, Pastrana turned it around. And you know what the craziest part is? He turned it around about the time that he, oh, by the way, also to the X Games during the Nationals and dominated that. And then when he came back to the Nationals, he became unbeatable. That's how magical and amazing it became frustrating later when it was like, which do you want to do? But at this, at least for this one summer, this one year, he could do no wrong. He could go to X Games. He could come back and go 1-1 at Nationals. And oh, by the way, how many freestyle tricks does he throw in in these motos <laughs> yeah. with a title on the line? <laughs> I, have, I have it written down, dude. The end of the first moto. Yeah. Still doesn't even have the points lead, and he's just doing tricks on the last lap. Yeah. <laughs> you wonder why Raj got great hairs. I mean, good God, you know? Like, yeah. No, nah, there'll never be another Pastrana. There's no denying that. And, of course, the next year, 01, they said, don't go to the X Games. And I think they said, I think the story is, is that they were like, yeah, we're not going. We're all right. And then they immediately jumped on a plane after Millville and went to the X Games. Travis and the after family. he pulled off while yeah. leading. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, he was he was never going to be contained in a box, right? He was never going to do exactly be the racer guy. And maybe so it was never meant to be. But 16 years old. Um, you know, I was thinking about this uh, a few weeks ago because – like, if anybody's been to the races, and I'm sure you two have noticed, like, the crowd around Hayden Deegan is just next level, right? And it's it's a real sensation. Uh, young people, mostly younger people, kids. And honestly, Pastrana was just like that. I don't know, Weege, if you can vouch for that. Pastrana was the same thing. Constant crowds, people yelling his name. He was uh, took the popularity to the next level in our sport. Yeah, because, like, Deegan, he had already – before his rookie season, he was already famous. And, you know, back then it wasn't YouTube or social media. They didn't exist. But, I mean, X Games was probably bigger than Supercross at that point. And he had already – it's crazy. I think the first X Games he won was 1998. So this is two years after that, and it's only his rookie season. So, yeah, he's probably more popular than any rider in these races uh, when you take it at that level. And, um, you know, I always credit him, yes, he still went to X Games and he did tricks. So it looked like he was not focused. But I feel like anytime you watch Pastrana race or talk to him, he wanted to be a racer first. Like, that was his number one goal, to to win races. The other stuff was like he just, like you said, you couldn't cage him in. But I don't feel like he was ever not all in or not trying hard enough. Um, He wasn't ever, you know, not in shape or anything like that. Um, But, yeah. Unfortunately, or fortunately, he was more famous, I think, for the off-the-track stuff 
than on the track. It's absolutely amazing he never won a 250 Supercross. Not a title, but a race? Absolutely amazing. I mean, he right. led a bunch. he was close immediately. Like, yeah. right in the hunt to win races right off the rip. Yeah. Yeah, Rarick, it's incredible. He never won a 250 race. Yeah, yeah. Was it Indy? Indy had a chance of winning. There was a few that I feel like, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But uh, just touching on what we said there, like Pastrana, and maybe it's my memory, my little kid memory or something uh, changing over time. But I remember him being, yeah, the crowd and, and all the fans, him being as big or bigger than Deegan is now. And this is pre-social media. And uh, the year before, so funny story, I, I wasn't at Steel City 2000, but I was there in 99. And the guy that I went with knew Robert Pastrana. So this would have been the yeah season finale a year prior when the race was over with. We went into the pro pits and Pastrana was racing amateur day. I can't remember if it was amateur day was the day before. Yeah, it had to be before. But he was already like pitted with the factory Suzuki guys. And there was already, like, he did not race that day. And we went there and just hung out with Travis and his old man. And all were there <laughs> just wanting to hang out with Travis. And the kid wasn't even pro yet. He was 15 years old. Jeez. And then a year later, obviously, you know, comes down the wire and wins it. He was, yeah, he was incredible. The Robert Pastrana was, uh, he was something else on Weech. Yeah, he was quite a character. Oh, he was, shirt unbuttoned, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a character, but I don't know this. I've never heard gnarly like, oh, the Pastrana dad ripping into the team, or he's mini bike dad. He was a character. Yeah. But I at least never heard stories. Steve, you were probably a little closer to it back then. At least you were a mechanic at these races. Did you ever hear stories like that? That he was like gnarly mini bike dad? I never heard that. No, I never heard that. I heard he was just gnarly with Travis. Yeah. Tra- gnarly with Travis, not so much with the team. Like just yeah. Nothing was good. You enough, mean as you far know. as uh, pushing him and stuff? Yeah, pushing him and all that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, they always said, was he in the military? I think it yeah. was a deal, right? Yeah, he was in the military. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Hangtown 01. So I guess we went to go to Glen, Glen Helen opener in 01, I think. The GL win, I think. I don't know. Um, and then he's sweeping the concrete gates at Hangtown. He starts yelling at everybody, who's going to beat this Langston? Who's going to beat the Langston? <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. I'm like, shut up, man. Like, what's beat it you know he's just yelling at everybody yelling at all the riders and everything i don't know oh you probably hated him you're a ktm guy then right? i was ktm guy there yeah. yeah it was hard oh, to you were the F me dude hard to hate pastrana though he's, he was a really nice guy really cool guy yeah i mean he was awesome you know leroy uh his longtime mechanically mccollum lee tell me like all the time i gotta pull him away from signing like dude we gotta go the gate's about to drop we gotta go you know <laughs> stop signing stop signing things you know uh absolutely a, a man of the people for sure um he, he was like ap hayden deegan wrapped into one yeah really right <laughs> uh i just think that for the listeners of this pod this guy, he was really good dude he was an amazing rider uh we want to get that across for sure uh steel city itself uh the finale for a long time uh ultimately to me Weege, when i think of steel city i just think of jmb telling me it was his favorite track and I'm like, I've never heard that from anybody yes. but JMB. Yes, it was very JMB yep. to have a different answer than most. I think McGrath always liked it, too, because it was it was pretty super crossy for an outdoors. It had ups and downs. Yeah. It wasn't like Troy or any of these other like man-made type tracks where the only obstacles were jumps. Like yeah. It had ups and downs and elevation change. But to me, I always thought of it as jumps and jumping skill made a bigger difference on this track than some others. So I know MC said he liked it, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, Those tabletops, uh, some of the weird tabletops and the turning jumps uphill, they were kind of, they were just weird and different. Remember when uh, Jeff Willow refused to race and they went to the freestyle show at Jonesy's house? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the other thing. Yeah, when you pulled in, you'd see Mike Jones' house with all these ridiculous ramps. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good Steel time. Steel City was sick, man. I wish we still, it was schedule. So a couple things about this year. Uh, this would never happen now. And it happened for a few years. All of us mechanics had a race on Friday on our race bikes. <laughs> this what? happened for a few years. Yeah. So privateers, factory guys, you just got jumped on your rider's bike and we raced uh, the, at Steel City on Friday. There was like an industry race. And it was there for a number of years. And so when I think of Steel City 2000, I could barely walk because I got on Kelly Smith's 125 and I tried that uphill double. Uh, on the far right, uh, if you're looking at the uphills, you know, it was like a, an uphill double that went bent to the left. Do you know what I'm talking yep. about? And then after, yeah, after the yeah, then after that, you would string together the doubles in different rhythms, right? So I cased the shit out of that first double on, on Kelly's bike on Friday, and my heel swole up and, and my ankle. I could barely walk on this day. I remember how much pain <laughs> I was in. Uh, I, had to, I had to go get it taped up and everything. Uh, but, yeah, the mechanics had races, man. We just jumped on the race bikes. It was all cool. <laughs> can you what? imagine? Can you yeah, imagine? I have no memory of that. that right. That's wild. Yeah. What you... exactly What exactly would be afraid of happening happened? You literally injured yourself the day before the race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never mind, like, you could crash your rider's bike or whatever. But as far as I remember, like, factory guys lined up. Like, Joey Maurer was out there on Albie's bike. And, like, I definitely what? remember factory riders lining up and we're, all of us were racing. This was on the race bike. Amateur day, right? Had yeah, this is on Friday. Friday amateur day. Yeah, because we're off the track. Uh, or Saturday amateur day. Like, I guess, I don't remember. One of the, one of the days. Yeah. Uh, Friday or Saturday. So, yeah, good times. Mechanic races. <laughs> wow. Wow. And that, Did the teams know about this? Or oh, was yeah. Before they yeah, showed? yeah. I think it was fine. I think it was good. I think nobody cared. I remember I had to borrow stuff at the Bora Boots or something. I don't remember exactly what happened, but yeah, we all, there's a bunch of us that raced and we did this for a number of years. Like I raced uh, Timmy's bike uh, at Southwick one, one weekend. Yeah. I just jumped into amateur race and raced it. Wow. Oh, was it just Steel City? No. Yeah. We, there was just different races for, for, for us mechanics. It was kind of nuts. So uh, this day was a real painful one for me. I could barely walk. I hobbled everywhere. So yeah, good time. Steel City 2000. So, and also, reading Cycle News, Kelly Smith won the morning qualifier. I don't even remember that. Yeah, we won the morning what? qualifier to get in. You don't remember this? Didn't, you're, you're... didn't he win? He won high point that year, right? Yeah, and then we were, by the time Steel City hit, we were riding morning qualifiers. I was going to say, why was he in the morning qualifier? Oh, it went, of, it went rough. Middle of season. Yeah, it went really rough uh, from the high point of the mud. Literally the high point of high point. Uh, it went south. So, um, And then in 01, I've told this story before, Kelly didn't even make the motos in 01. It was, uh, he just crashed in the first turn in both L Heat and LCQ, and that was all she wrote. Dude, I've heard him in many interviews blame his mechanic for that. Oh, here we go. Um, so, yeah, that, uh, that was when I think of Steel City 2000. I think of hobbling around in my KTM shirt, uh, number 41, Kelly Smith. So... Um, but yeah, the uh, it was uh, it was a good track. It was fun to to do that at. Uh, how about DC Weege in the, on the helmet cam? Oh, dude, he used to rip. Yeah, he used he... to rip. I don't quite understand why the only volunteer they could find to do this helmet cam was the actual television reporter. <laughs> um, it always struck me as odd that that was like 
I mean, heck, there was a whole mechanics race. There were plenty of people riding. But, uh, yeah, David would have to get a bike to all these races yeah. and do the helmet cam thing. And um, and he's a good rider. Yeah, he's he's a Saturday. good rider, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is back when we had the two-day format, right, and everybody rode Saturday. Yeah. And all of a sudden you'd see <clears> – <throat> I think the running joke in the office was that sometimes he would go out during WMX practice and I think he jumped over um, Steffi Bow once and passed her. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Diddy was – Yeah. I mean, dude, Diddy was fast uh, for a long time. Um, and that's when I when I first started, I, I kind of got hired right at like a year or so after this, and we would go riding, and I was like, dude, he freaking rips. So, yeah, he could do it, but it just still seemed odd that they were using the reporter to run the helmet, and they couldn't find anyone else willing to do it. Yeah. It, Cameron Steele did it after him, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that became a thing where, like, Davey was like, oh, he didn't jump, but I jumped. And then it became, like, a little – I couldn't tell if they were really ribbing each other or just getting <laughs> on each other. I never knew. Yeah. But Cameron yeah. Steele, I'm like, well, Cameron Steele didn't ride. And then, like, I'm not joking, Seth. Like, three or four years ago, I do this Red Bull truck race with Cameron Steele. And he's like, yeah, I raced Supercross. I, I, I made a couple of night shows. And I'm like, why didn't you tell anybody this? What? Did he really? Did anyone know this? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. No. But I do remember watching him at Unadilla in practice with the helmet cam and – my family was a little stiff. I don't think he belonged out there. He shouldn't have been. No one should have been. I don't understand. I mean, he, would, what do you think, Steve? Would JT do this now? Yeah, no, I don't think JT's doing this, no. I don't think JT's doing it. No, no, yeah. I, I, it's I don't. It's odd that someone, I mean, Davey had raced pro like 86-ish, like was yeah. the end of that. So yeah, this, this is, is, this is 14, later. 14 years later, he's airing shit out out there with a helmet yes. cam. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, true story. The bike he used to do that helmet cam on the the YZ250. I think FMF built it, and uh, I didn't have a bike. I didn't even ride growing up, so that was the first bike I learned to ride on. And I lose the thing out so bad. <laughs> it's a good first bike to learn to ride on. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Lee at Reraceable Scott Sports have been providing the best in goggle technology for all motorsport disciplines for over fifty years. Scott, the global leader in innovation, technology, and design. Scott has always been proud to support racing uh, from uh, Monster Energy Pro Circuit to Jason Anderson, Caleb Russell, and more. Uh, they all choose the quality product and support from Scott. Scott is excited to relive iconic moments in the sport with the Rebaceables podcast, many of which have included Scott Goggles. Scott, the only goggle made in the USA. Maxis tires as well. I don't think this is oh, 2000. In 2002, Nick Way, Steve Mathis, running Maxxis tires. But at this moment, no. Uh, but they have new soft intermediate intermediate to hard tires developed by Jeremy McGrath. And, uh, yeah, shop.maxxis.com for more information. Mountain bike tires as well. Uh, Maxxis, man. Uh, whether it's uh, um, dirt bike, street bike, UTV stuff, Maxxis makes a tire for it. They do a great job. Thank you to Maxxis uh, for the support of the Liat Erasables. And, again, check out Liat.com uh, for more of what they got. Their 2024 stuff is dropped, so we appreciate those guys coming on board. Uh, email us using the contact form to get a code. And uh, Liat uh, Innovation and Safety is the name of the game there. So I didn't look at the season stats, and that's probably my bad, but uh, did Brandon Jessamine keep Ron Ron from winning this championship? Uh, Jessamine goes 2-3. Ron Ron goes 3-2. Travis is gone. And so if Ron Ron gets Jessamine in the first moto, which he doesn't really have a chance at, he kind of works up from there, uh, they tie. And I don't know what would happen in a tie. I guess Pastrana seemed like he won more overalls. but well, I thought Pastrana was still won by – but it's still well, – oh, you're right. They would have tied in points. Had, yeah. They would have tied in points, but I think Travis would have had more moto wins because he ripped off – 
he i mean i didn't look at every race but i remember him ripping off a lot of one ones through the middle part of the season yeah he might he might have had it right he might have i think on the show if i remember art said they were both tied with nine but i think that was with pastrana winning moto one so maybe moto two was his 10th yeah and then Dustin would have broken the tie. Well, Brandon Jessamine on a Bills Pipe Suzuki. Again, home track. Jessamine and Hepler. Steel City experts. Steel City uh, or locals. Yes. Um, yes. Brandon Jessamine goes 2-3 on this day for a third overall. Yeah, so. literally one of Jessamine's best nationals ever. <laughs> he wasn't on the factory team? This is no. Bills Pipes? This is Bills no. Pipes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because then he went to, Guy- well, I call it Geico. It would have been yep. Rocco's deal the next year. Yep. Amp Royal or whatever, or Factory Connection, and then he went to Factory Suzuki. Yeah, yeah. Jessamine was uh, like the rest of these Western Pennsylvania guys, extremely fast when it came together, but man, it never came together very often. Like, well, his first national ever, he got fifth at High Point. Was that '98 or was yeah. that this? Or, yeah, it was not his first national ever. He got fifth, and then yep. literally did nothing until this race here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, it beats Chad Reed, ends Chad Reed's been a perfect season in Supercross. Mm-hmm. You know, in 02. Stars aligned, dude. He was badass. But. When they aligned. Well, I mean, Steve, should I bring up here Hepler getting lapped at Southwick and then the week later giving <laughs> Timmy all he could handle yeah. for a podium? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? 450 days all over Red Dog in 08. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you get the Steel City specialist at Steel City. Look out. Uh, so, Seth, you want to talk about this? Uh, I'll read the cycle news. Roncada took the runner-up honors very, very graciously. Uh, uh, and he says, after the first lap of the first moto, I was thinking that I guess this is the way it's supposed to be. So <laughs> after the first lap of the first moto, Ron said, I was thinking that this is just the way it's going to be. It was very fun racing against Travis. He is a very fair rider, and we had fun. After Troy, things didn't go my way. I wasn't training the same. And then he started winning, and it hurt my confidence. I wasn't training the same. <laughs> Ron Ron goes. Did he ever train? Right. Ron Ron goes. It's too bad I didn't get it, but I had a good season. I am very happy. <laughs> yeah. When I watch this on YouTube, and they had, you know, the interview each of them. This is before the moto even started. They were very, very, um, yeah, very. They talked very highly of each other, which which is cool, I guess. It's just. Um, yeah, kind of strange, but Ron Ron, judging by his interview before the gate even dropped, I think Pastrana already had him beat. I mean, he was yeah. almost succeeding the the championship before they raced. It was I don't remember that. I remember him running each other's stickers on their helmets. Yeah. You know, TP wore the you know, RonRonMX.com. That was when each rider had to have their own website. I remember that, but I always thought that was more of a mind. As a little kid watching this, I always thought that was more of a mind game thing. They're trying to psych each other out. But after watching this on TV, I just think they really liked each other. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. We each in this year, it was and, crazy. Like for these for these rivalries that we see between championship rivals, uh, this was weird. <laughs> I think it was uh, Ron Rowe was a super nice guy too, and uh, really outgoing. I always make the the example when people are like, oh, American fans, what are you going to say? They just hate the French guys. I'm like, nobody hated Ron Ron. If you're super cool, they're fine. But Pastrana really led all this. Like, this was just the way he did it. It was just raining down compliments on everyone. I even think that's kind of the spirit of what his whole Nitro Circus thing became. Like, he tries to make it as much about the other people and what they can do than him. But I do feel like the next year, it was like Roncata moved out of the class. He moved to the 250s. So then it was... Langston and Brownie. So I think that Travis tried to get the same thing going with them, and it was just like, why are they not 
they're not responding the same. They're not really into this. We're buddies, but we're raising each other thing. What? what I don't think Travis was used to this treatment. Listen, I was just in the UK, and 52-year-old Mike Brown wanted to kill people after things weren't <laughs> after things weren't going his way. There's zero chance he was blowing down Travis Pastrana in 01. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, I, Steve, we did that long form story on the 2001 season. You yep. guys can read on Racer X. And I remember Travis telling me that his mom eventually had to go to Brownie. And she's like, I was so wrong. I thought you were a gentleman, but what are you doing? You're trying to kill my kid every weekend. I thought you were the <laughs> nicest guy ever. I thought you were a gentleman. <laughs> I thought you were, yeah, as Travis said, I thought you were a straight up gentleman, but every week you're trying to kill my kid. And I don't think Brownie even knew. I mean, he's probably just like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course. What else? Do you, what, what do you think <laughs> I'm trying to do? do? Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and GL was pretty gnarly in those days, too. So, yeah, th- this would only work, I think, with these two particular guys. Ron Ron was super cool and obviously Travis. So it was weird, though, running each other's helmet stickers. Just the whole thing about this that I don't understand why it never got brought up. I'm not kidding. I wrote about this race. I was just starting. I wrote a thing on the Race website and I get an email from uh Roncata's trainer who I think was Alan Gerke and he's like yeah by the way Ron Ron tore his ACL midway through the season and that's why he didn't win any more motos and I'm just like why would you what he's like if you watch closely he never whichever leg it was right or left he's like he never took that foot off the peg the rest of the season and I'm just like why would you keep it this level of secret like you're just gonna get I've never heard that it's been 23 years and I've never heard that you come into the last round do or die, you lose. Why wouldn't you be like, oh, by the way, he did hang seven motos on me at the end of the year, but I was hurt. Yeah, I don't he, get why you're keeping it that secret. Well, that quote that I just read, I wasn't able to train the way I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you hiding it at this point? Wow, the that makes over. way more sense now. Yes. I, I don't get it. I mean, dude, he was dominating the first half of the year, and then he didn't win anymore. And he kept, I, I don't understand. His TV interview, what did he say, like, it would have been different if I didn't crash at Troy, but like, why would you not? Dude, this is a—you you don't understand. You're blowing my mind right now. This is a revelation. <laughs> I have never, Steve. Have you heard this ever? No, I didn't know. I didn't know Ron Ron did that. No. Wow. Yeah, that's actually. Uh, I mean, I'm not a fan of excuses, but that's actually a pretty valid reason. Uh, okay, if you don't want to use it before the races, like if you don't yeah. want to give the guy, yeah, an edge, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yep. I mean, but after that's also like. Uh, Bradshaw tore his ACL red butt 92 and he didn't want it. He never wanted to use that as an it's excuse true. for LA, you know? It's true. So yeah, maybe Ron Ron saw that and he goes, yeah, I'm just going to shut up. Also uh, this year, this race isn't that exciting. Like we said, it's uh, Ron Ron starts mid pack, kind of works his way up. Travis is gone. Both motos. Jessamine rides great to get second. There's not a whole lot to talk about this race, but I do also uh, brings me up memories of uh, Dan Worley, my buddy now fellow Canadian, I was, there was a lot of people in the pits that were bitter at Worley because Yamaha, Troy, Ron, Ron, um, I don't remember if it was right away or early in the year or, or the whole season, but early in the year or all season, Worley comes in to be Ron Ron's mechanic. It's his first ever job as a mechanic. Like he literally comes from Canada to be Worley, to Ron Ron's mechanic, wins a Supercross title, almost wins the outdoor title, and all of us were like, WTF, man? Like who is this dude? So, How did he get that? I don't even know, man. I, he told the story. I did a podcast with him. Uh, I think through Kenny G. Kenny Germain. Um, 
Good guy, yeah. Yeah, good guy. I think Kenny G did it somehow. But we were all like, who is this dude? And why does he get stuck with Roncada for his first ever rider? Because all of us had to sort of like work with crappy privateers, you know? And, uh, yeah, I think we were all bitter at, at Worley at the time, too. So that's what makes me think of Ron, well, Ron. Yeah. That, uh, that brings up one thing I had written down here, actually. How about not even halfway through the first moto, what's Ron running? Fourth, right? Fourth yeah. or fifth? Yeah. But he has some banners in his wheel? Yeah. And Davey asks Worley if Steph- if he's going <laughs> to stop. Is, gonna, is he, is he going to pull in <laughs> to take the banners out? <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. What kind and Wor- of question is that? No, dude. Worley <laughs> does look at him like Worley's like what? Like kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's pull. We still have a good shot at this thing. Let's just pull off. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I do remember that. Worley's like, no, no, yeah, no. We're not pulling in to do the banners. Um, yeah, uh, good, good times uh, for sure in this race. Um, Two fifty class from this weekend. Uh, Ricky wins. Seb wins the first moto, though, Weege. Seb. I did not remember that. I did not remember uh, Seb winning this first moto. Same thing. The beginning of this season, Seb and RC are going at it. Like, every other week, swapping wins. Unbelievable duels. It's Carmichael's first year in the class, which, by the way, shows you how amazing Jet was this year because even Ricky, as he was, he didn't have a perfect season as a rookie. Then second half of the year, Ricky just pulled away and then started winning everything. And if I got it right, I think I think Seb had an unbelievably bad crash the last the week before at Haroon Tioga. He usually did. Yeah, it sounds it sounds <laughs> yeah. like that could happen. That sounds realistic. Yes. But freaking typical Seb next week, just back up and uh, yeah, wins the first moto. I didn't remember that. And uh, RC got the second moto win right to get the overall. Yeah, he goes uh, 2-1, and uh, LaRocco goes uh, 3-2. It was a sneaky dominant year because I feel like halfway through, I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. Tortelli, RC, who's going to get this one? And then uh, starting, I think, at Troy, like the second half, then Ricky won every race from there on out. Also, I was, uh, okay, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say I was a massive Tortelli fan. You were talking a minute ago about you know Ron Ron being – people liked him because even though he's French, he was super cool. And to me, Tortelli was always that guy. I loved, uh, I loved Tortelli as soon as he came here. And I think it was 99. I think it was the year before this, me and my dad were at Unadilla and Saturday night, we went to that, um, you know, the Italian place down the street in mm-hmm. New Berlin. Yeah. We went in there and Seb and his wife were having dinner and we just, my dad walked up to him because, Hey, I don't want but my son's a massive fan. Do you think he can sign his hat or something, you know? And he did, and we just were like, go to walk away, and he goes, oh, sit down. You know, sit down. And, oh, and you know, what a – I just – this is just gold, oh gold for God. me. Yeah, this is gold. I'm a uh, – uh, yeah, go ahead. Finish the story. No, it blew my mind because my dad was like, no, 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 we don't want to bother you. you got to race tomorrow. We just want to autograph. And he goes, no, 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 sit down and, and uh, have dinner with us. And we had dinner <laughs> with Fertelli and his wife. <laughs> I swear, dude. I swear. <laughs> and I would have been what seven or eight at that time. Oh, and I will my never, God. ever, this... I'll never forget that. He's the coolest dude ever. This just adds to his legacy, Weege. Weege, you know my feelings on Seb. Oh, I, I'm right there with you. So yeah, Seth, we often at one point JT and Seb were super tight. So we'll often pump JT for Seb stories. Just hearing how he used to cook. If Team Suzuki came to his house in Florida, he would cook for them, make dinners. Elaborate quiches, tiramisu. Yeah, tiramisu. Yeah. JT said that Seb would actually like when he went to the airport, like he would actually dress for it. 
you wear like a nice coat, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> business attire. And, I mean, look at the rest of us grubby guys on planes. He just he just re- class act he reeked of class. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he was. He was phenomenal. So you had, Actually, you had it dinner, was ninety nine. Dinner because, with him. Yeah, yeah, it was ninety nine because ninety nine. He, in my opinion, he should have won that title. And the next day, you know, Dilla is when was yeah. it him and Henry yeah. got into it? Yeah, he broke his and, wrist. Yeah, yep, yep. That was the end of it. Uh, oh, good no. job, Seth. Yeah, good, good job. job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started the Pulp Pulpamax dinner curse. Uh, he. <laughs> I, I was always a fan. He was the nicest guy. Um, I met him through Shane Drew, who was his mechanic, right? Drew was a buddy of mine. So I got to know him, and great guy. And then uh, at one point when JT was hanging out with him, I went to Florida. JT was on his Husky, and you're, you're not going to believe this, but it broke. And uh, we were out at the sand pit, and then Seb's, Seb's factory bike was having an issue, and I was just hanging out, and he's like, hey, you know, help me with this bike. And I remember I was factory Honda, and I'm working on it, and I'm like, this probably – shouldn't happen like i probably shouldn't be working on this bike but we're trying to figure this ignition out and i take the tank off and it just looks like an f-16 fighter jet with the wire harness and i'm like yeah man i'm out i'm out we just have spark plugs and a, and a, and a spark plug cap on a ktm and, and a single box i don't know what all this is a single ecu so i can't really help you seb with with your problem on your on your cr works bike but but the nicest guy absolutely had dinner with you i mean come on yeah, I, I love that guy, and he was so talented too. But man, he would, him and Albie, man, they would take the biggest hits ever. I mean, yeah. those guys, those guys lived through some violent, <laughs> violent crashes. Hey, Shane used to have to change the bars because he would bend bars. Seb would bend bars without even crashing. Just, yeah, just about yeah, right. just hammer into things wide open and bend the bars, you know? <laughs> uh, so also on this day, uh, our guy, Tim Ferry, he goes 40-34. Uh, this is uh, Tim Ferry's Chaparral Yamaha uh, days. And, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to find out what happened. Um, Timmy replied, no clue. So we, <laughs> so we I don't know what happened to Timmy at Steel City 2000, and he doesn't either. No clue. So, hey, yeah. are, are we just going to brush over one main thing in the 250 first moto? What's that? JT with a clean hole shot. Yeah, that's right. So I didn't watch that's 250s, right. but he told us that. Yeah. Oh, massive hole shot. Really? And he was on a he was on a Yamaha 51, right? This wouldn't this wouldn't have been the XL Yamaha. That was 99, right? Yeah, yeah. Or this did that team go two years. No, no, that's just one year. They didn't even make it one year. But uh, this is uh, 51, number 51. Yes. Yeah, so this is just Frank and JT in a van. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah clean full shot. Nice. He was good at Steel City. JT was good at Steel City. And um, <laughs> he had some good results this day for sure. Uh, it does say in Cycle News that he pulled the whole shot. And then, uh, hold on, it's something funny. It says, uh, Jason Thomas blasted from the gate to get the whole shot, narrowly beating David Villeman. And then it says... Uh, by the Thomas was fifth, followed closely by Renard and Wyndham. So yeah, he held on up for one lap. He was in fifth. So um yeah. I like how they say too that this track had uh a Euro section in the back, and all that meant was it was just covered in grass. That's all. That was where the big double was. Yeah, right? the big double was back there, yeah. Uh yeah, I don't no, know if that big double would qualify as a Euro section. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it was pro because they didn't uh only the pro guys went over there. Yeah. 
But yeah, why did, yeah. they didn't call it a pro section in cycling? They call it the Euro section, but it had a big oh. giant double. Uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't say that double had anything to do with the Euro section. <laughs> and also, by the way, too, Shane Watts made this race. It says in Cycle News, and I remember I was on KTM. Of course, Watts came out for a few races. Uh, GNCC legend Shane Watts. So he didn't finish either moto, but yeah, he did make the motos. <laughs> a random question: Who did Billy Feltz wrench for on Cowie? Uh, uh, Larry Ward, I think. Yeah, yeah. Was it Wardy? Yeah. Because yeah. in that little skit they had uh, with Ricky talking about his bike, he had mentioned Billy Feltz on the team, and I only know Billy from living in Charlotte. Uh, honestly, just cycling with him. I think he worked. Yeah, I think he was still working at JGR when I met him. But I never, I never knew he ran for Factory Cowie. I think Muffin Brian Barry quit, and he got Muffin's job. He was a fill-in halfway through the year. I don't know if it was this year or the year before. Or whatever, but Billy was a fill-in halfway through the year. Yeah, I didn't know it either. But same thing for his friends with Billy because he lives here and uh, with JGR. Um, at least at the time, I'm not sure he is anymore. But uh, yeah, he would talk about wrenching for Larry Ward, and I'm like, I didn't know that. And then there were all these uh, really cool motocross toys out in those days, '99, 2000 ish, MXS, and even Hot Wheels had some good ones. Uh, so I even had a Larry Ward one, which was falling apart and broken. So I would take pictures of it all the time and send it to Billy and be like, "Is this?" Is this what you do? This front wheel's <laughs> not even on this toy motorcycle. Uh, um, and then, Steve, we actually just found something out because uh, Larry Ward came to Washougal, and we had him on on the live show there. And he was telling us how horrible the KX250 was that year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dowdy's told me that as well. Yeah, but then Big Bird just tells us, he's like, I couldn't figure out why was Carmichael kicking everybody's ass. They just let Carmichael ride like the previous year's frame. <laughs> yeah, and, and him and Dow just had to struggle. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I don't think they told those guys that. I think they kind of forgot that. Yeah. Hey, um, Mike yeah. raced. Is that the same freestyle, Mike Mason? It might be. Um, Number four seventy-five, Mike Mason. I never knew he raced moto. And uh, also notable for this race, a seventeen-year-old Andrew Short made his pro debut, and he's quoted as saying. I can't believe that I lined up right next to Travis Pastrana and he is in the title chase. That was cool. <laughs> yep. Sounds like Andrew Short, everybody. <laughs> 931. And it had to be Tedesco's best national of the year, right? He yeah. was top five. He was really good. Yeah, he was really good. Um, I always felt like Josh Woods and Andrew Short, just like two races with Peyton, like awesome amateurs, two races with Peyton, and he's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, like, what was up with this? Okay, so Josh Woods riding for Mitch. I'm going to be honest. I have zero memory of that. I think it but was two Shorty, races. I think it was. Shorty, yeah. I do, number 79. And what was the deal with that? Because he still raced Loretta's that year, too. Yeah, I think it was just, you know, you jumped in and you could, you, amateurs used to be all oh, they can now, of course, uh, but uh, they used to be able to race pro races uh, and not get national points or something. Um and then, yeah, just like I always felt, again, Weege would probably know better than I would, but I felt like Woods and Short were two top team green guys, and Mitch just literally gave him a race or two and moved on with his life. <laughs> Dude, you got me vaulting Josh Woods right now because I have no memory of him riding for Mitch. Yeah, he did, right? I know he was a Cali amateur, yeah. but. Uh, Weege, he, he did for a little bit. I'm positive. Oh, yeah, a one. He did four. Yeah. I think that things were different than where the class was, okay, yes, Pastrana at 16 won the title. There were a couple of these phenom guys. But I feel like the class was getting really old at this point. Like, Mitch had had Brownie, and then he has Talon Voland, 
And then, you know, they get to the point where they're bringing over guys like Rattray and whatnot. And I just feel like they weren't taking kids out of Loretta's unless you were, if you were Carmichael and Stu, fine. Yeah. But yeah. otherwise, I, I feel like they were not doing that much. No, but he also had some misses, though, because remember, he had Billy Payne, never did anything. Bobby Bond. That's probably, uh, yep, that's probably why. Yes, Bonds had his Hangtown glory, and that was about it. So, yep. yeah, probably skeptical to take the the kids. This is yeah. a totally different direction, but the vault has me confused now. Woods rate 0-2 on the Suzuki? What, what team is that? WBR? O- WBR? But 0-2, no, just WBR. They weren't around yet, 0-2. Mm. Oh, ECC. Never mind. I remember. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. Side note, but... Back to but, Sophie. like, Mitch... Mitch would have been better off to hire Andrew Short than keep Shea Bentley on year after year, keep Bobby Bonds on. Bobby Bonds was like the source of a massive bidding war between FMF Honda and Mitch Payton, like massive. And, uh, yeah, just looking back on it, I mean, it just would have been good to keep Andrew Short. But Yeah, yeah. Shorty definitely turned out okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was fine, right, in the end. But, um, but didn't Shorty in typical Shorty fashion say, I wasn't ready, wasn't ready to ride for Mitch anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think so. He I, was not mad. I think he did. Say That's that. always. Yeah, I think he was fine, right? Uh, yeah, he's fine. Uh, all right, everybody. Lee at Reraceables. Uh, thank you to Guts Racing. Uh, Pulp MX twenty twenty three is code to save with Guts Racing. Love these guys. Phantom lightweight seat foams. Uh, build your own seat base, or build your own complete seat, including the base, and uh, lots of race teams using Guts Racing seat covers out there. Thank you to those guys for coming on board. Decal Works. Pulp MX twenty three is the code to save. If you want to talk about old school. Decal Works has got it covered. They can absolutely replicate any of these old graphics for you for their bikes, for your own personal bike. DecalMX.com, special sponsor of uh, Red Bull KTM as well as the uh, Husqvarna Off-Road Team. Pulp MX23 at Decal Works to save. And, of course, Liat. Thank you to Liat uh, for uh, all that they do for this Re-Raceables podcast as well. Seth Rarick, Jason Wygant on it. Um, all right, boys, anything else from this race to catch your eye, Rarick? Uh, yeah, I got a couple things that are just, um, not so much from the race, but okay. Travis, after he clinches it one, one, he doesn't go straight to the podium. Obviously it wasn't live TV back then, but Mm -hmm. he was doing victory lap after victory lap. He was, you know, wheeling up the Hills, hitting the big double on the Euro section, hitting that massive tabletop coming back towards the finish, doing tricks on all these jumps. And um, as I'm watching, this i'm thinking well he just did a 35 minute moto on a 125 is he not worried about running out of gas like who, who, no wow, no point. one yep. no one thought to to stop him he'd be like dude you're gonna die <laughs> he was hitting the biggest jumps there doing lazy boys and shit and there's no way that tank had much left in it that is a great point Rarick. that's why we have you on this show <laughs> you might be the first person 23 years later, who thought about, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> if, I was there, if I was working for Team Suzuki that day, I'd think, whoa, 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 we at least need to give him a splash. Dude. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> yeah. And the Chevy Trucks guy, uh, what did they give? Did they give away a, a, a truck to each champion? Is that what it was? No, I don't did think they... so. I don't remember a truck to each champion. A truck for Supercross, well, I think, but I don't know. Because they interviewed um, after, like, the podium interview – Ricky and Travis had an interview with a Chevy trucks guy. I think he was giving him a truck. I don't oh, really know. Maybe, okay. maybe just resenting him with a plate. I don't know why that wasn't AMA guy. I don't know. But either way, if you go and watch that, the Chev- the guy who was there for Chevy trucks, it looked like a fan. Oh, I know that guy. Glasses? 
yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it literally looked like they pulled a fan from the fence that had been drinking all day and was like, hey, man, you work for Chevy Trucks? You're about to give this truck away. Go up there. <laughs> it was so local. I just texted RC to see if they, he did get a Chevy truck. I don't remember them giving trucks away. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't really know what it was for. They yeah. were standing in front of a Chevy, and it was just a congratulations, blah, right. blah, blah. I don't remember this, if he was getting the truck away or not. This is Chevy Trucks Kawasaki, right? This year? Yeah, no? so it yeah. made sense. No, it made sense that Ricky interview, I got that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Travis, the Travis thing, I didn't understand at all why he was interviewing Travis or talking to Travis. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know. And and then Art Ekman mentioned a few times that this Nations was the next weekend. I don't remember. Does, 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 was the Nations that early back then? Yeah, it was. A, I it think was, this race was that late. That's part well, of it. Well, it was Labor Day, right? Steel City was always Labor I mean, Day. I guess that's pretty traditional. Uh, oh, so Donations has actually moved back a month from where it was back Well, then. that's that's where when I was when I was yelling about the this Nations for a long time, I said, it's it's not on USA. I mean, the, the, the Ustream guys used to have it way earlier, and I was told, no, 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 no. I was wrong. And I went back and researched like 15 years of Nations dates, and they were all middle of September or, or sooner. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, that kind of that shocked me. But the GP guys still had to be racing after that, right? That, no, they uh, had twelve, thirteen races back then. They were done. I'm oh, sure. so their schedules just got got extended. Yeah, uh, Ricky said he does not remember getting a truck. So okay, yeah, I think it was just a Chevy truck sponsor thing, Rarick. If oh, they sponsored the series. That's yeah, right. yeah. If I had to guess, Chevy truck nationals. Yep. Yeah, Chevy trucks uh, nationals, and there, there, we just another sponsor. Like, where's Chevy trucks now? Yeah, it'd be yeah. nice to have them. It'd yeah. be nice to have them. I think every time, though, there's one of those deals, you find out that there's always some dude on the inside. Yeah. And that was actually uh, David Evans who put that together. Um, there's always someone that's connected to the company that just loves motocross. And if you don't have that person, it doesn't matter what else is going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was the case there. Yeah, David Evans, who we know this is uh, you know, a long time. I still works for JGR in the NASCAR side. You know, did a lot of business for Stu and Cooper Webb and all these guys. I believe what he told me the story was, I think he worked for a financial company that handled all of General Motors pension money, which if you think about that, that is like a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So he had stroke over there and he's just a motocross guy. You know, his son, Patrick, raced growing up and stuff. And um, somehow he was talking to someone who's like, oh, you should look at motocross. And uh, they did. So there's always an inside. It's always an inside job. Yeah. Sadly, that's yeah. what it takes. Yeah, they, they're right. For a while, right? Three or four years? I mean, longer than we see most of these mainstream sponsors. Yeah, I'd say. Did they go all the way to, like... I know Stu had it on a 125. Did they go all the way to Stu's, like, 250 days with Cowie? Maybe it was gone by then? Like, 05? Well, they, they... I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think 04 was... Uh, you know, so last yeah. year, maybe yeah. they lasted longer than blimpy Suzuki. I know that. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Jessamine says that he was really happy after the first moto to help Travis maybe win a championship. <laughs> so I don't know if he was holding back or what, but it's like, there's a lot of words from him though. It is. It is. Um, a lot of words. from Jessamine. That might be his longest interview ever. Another couple of notable things. So <laughs> one sentence out of them. Greg Schnell finishes 13th overall, top privateer, but he was nowhere to be seen at this race. Rumor had it this flight from California got messed up. So, I don't know. Yeah, just nowhere to be found at Steel City 2000, top privateer. And on the sponsor thing, too, when LaRocco first did the uh, the factory connection deal, would have been, was that 98, correct? Yeah. 90, 97. 
No, 98. No, 98. Yeah, yeah, so 98. Well, I always had heard that that Jack in the Box deal, it was never an actual sponsorship. Is that correct? I heard that too. I think it was another, a guy that owns some franchises, maybe. <laughs> okay, because I was wondering at this race, they interviewed Paul, second moto, Davey interviews Paul Delorier, and he had Jack in the Box on his pit shirt still. So uh, I was just wondering if that was, I mean, it had to be some form of sponsorship because that would have been year three. Yeah, yeah, but it, but I think you're correct. It's not what it appears. It's not like the CEO of Jack in the Box is like, we got to get into motocross. It was some side it's deal. Just the really. that owned like deal. like JT Subway deal, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I think know. it was designed to make the team look bigger than it was, so they could maybe get a real sponsor at some point who actually was going to pay the huge money. Their first full year as a team would have been the next year because that's when Jessman went there, right? Oh, one and little was a little goose. When they had 125s and stuff? Yeah, yeah, when they expanded yeah. to more than just the Rocco. Had to be um, yeah. Villeman was pretty good, too, at this one. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was really good. I, I would expect him to be good there, though. I feel like that was a DV track. Oh, hey, looking at Cycle News in the notes. An industry race was held on Friday before the amateur program. The overall winner was Shane Watts. That's weird. Second place went Wait to... Wait a minute. Yeah. National? Industry? Yeah. What? Uh... So it wasn't a mechanics race, and it was an industry race. Second went to Jim Chamberlain from Planet Honda, who was still racing at this point. Davey got third. Um, in the in the B class, Ken Block won, followed by Windshields. Remember Windshields, Mike Lauren? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Third went to Mike Gossler. Oh, there was a mechanics race, too. In Saturday's mechanics race. I'm just reading this as I go. The winner was Larry Brooks. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, second was Dean Baker, and third was Sean Ulo. So math is not listed. Uh, I was further back in the pack, obviously. But, yeah, it's listed in there. I actually didn't know Ulo was at uh, – Ulo rips on a bicycle. I did not know he was that good at a dirt bike, too. Yeah, yeah. Why is Brooks, yeah, you, why is Brooks yeah, well, winning? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to file a protest. He was the team manager. Oh, what about Shane Watt? What is Shane Watt's industry job? Professional racer? Does that make you industry? <laughs> He's professional, paid by KTM factory GNCC rider who raced in this national. That's yeah. not industry. Yeah. So, yeah, mechanics race. See, Saturday's mechanic race. There we go. Told you guys. Um, Shane Watts, one of my all-time guys. Uh, he's, Seth, if you'd only been able to hang out with Shane Watts. Oh, my God. I live, oh, I've heard many stories. I, what does he do now? Oh, my God. He, uh, I don't know what he does now. He but went he, back to Australia. Then he ends up in Utah sometimes. Um, when we had the Utah seven races back uh, two years ago or three years ago, whenever that was, like he happened to be out there and we were riding together. You never know with Shane, dude. You just never know. Yeah, I know. I heard he was wild. He, wild. Yeah, he lived in his box van behind the KTM East Coast headquarters where we were working on our bikes. And, like, he was just literally, he would take a bike out of a crate and win the GNCC that weekend. I, I watched it. He was sponsored by Michelin. They came stock with Michelins. He was sponsored by FMF, but the pipe, the bikes came stock with a plated pipe, so everyone just thought it was an FMF. So he didn't have to change that. He changed nothing and took a stock bike out of the crate to go win a GNCC. <laughs> that is epic. I saw it with my Ready own eyes. Race. Absolutely. Ready to race. That was their slogan. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, what do you think about U.S. Salmon and Weege? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he might be the GOAT. Um, my guy Caleb Russell, we're good buds. He did amazing things and has all the records, but U-Haul was something else. Yeah, I remember him changing the game. Yeah, and I think a lot of the guys say like they're trying to mimic him, so maybe that makes you the GOAT. 
Um, all right. Uh, oh, after party. Yeah. So, uh, Steel City 99, um, there was an after party back in Pittsburgh. And somehow we ended up back at a townhouse. Was it 99? 97. This was 97. Somebody had rented a townhouse or we went to a townhouse where someone lived. I don't know, but I saw a lot of top riders back in 97. You can imagine some of the names. Um, doing some substances that I'd never seen before and really scared me. And I just slowly, like, <laughs> Homer Simpson backed out of the room, like, back into the bushes. Um, yeah, it was, it was a downtown bar, and then we ended up at a townhome somewhere. Yeah, good times. 97. And then, yeah, 99, we'd still go to the bar underneath the bridge in Pittsburgh, I think, Weege, right? I can't remember exactly where it was or anything like that or how I even figured out how to get there because this is pre-GPS or anything, so I don't even know. And Davey like, calling I, you an I idiot. I assume somebody handed me a piece of paper with an address and I had to use roadmaps. I don't even know how I got there. Yeah. But I had never been to any of these parties before. And what was, I always thought, like, the guy who won the race was stoked and the guys who finished second and third were maybe okay because I got on the podium and everyone else went home just super pissed off. And I'm seeing like every rider there just, and I'm like, how could this guy be having a good time? He, he got fit. How is Kevin Windham here just having a good time? I thought he was going to be depressed for the next off season. I didn't realize like, that's not exactly how it works. Like they, they do live and die by their results to a degree, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean they can't go to the after party at the last race of the year, just because they got fifth overall. Well, you definitely um, didn't see Mike LaRocco there. No, I didn't. I didn't see LaRocco, but I saw most of the riders. Yeah. It was just, it wasn't quite Tortelli inviting a seven-year-old kid and his dad to dinner with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty shocking. Was like, I can't believe I'm watching all this go down right now. Yeah. <clears throat> and I didn't want – I just remember I was, like, trying to hide in the corner as much as possible because I didn't want anyone to be like, who are you and why are you allowed to be here at this party? Because um, I would have had no answer. I would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm a fan. I got a ticket and – I kind of know Davey Coons because I write some stuff for his website every once in a while. Um, I don't even think I got a press pass. I think I had to buy the ticket. So, like, I didn't want anyone asking what I was doing there because I really didn't have a good answer as to why I got that far behind the scenes. And I was also scared of what I was seeing. No camera phone, so you're safe. I, that's probably what it was, right? Like, what was yeah. I even worried about? Yeah. Oh, if you had an iPhone on you, you'd have immediately been kicked out. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> hey, I got to admit, like, dude, Loretta's, uh, the Loretta scene is not even close to what it was. And that I think is the entire reason. Like beer tent used to be where it's at. Like that's where it all went down every year. Like that was prime time. And now the riders don't even go. Cause yeah. that's probably the number one reason. Yeah, that's true. I remember even as recent as like 06, 07, 08, when I was there yeah. racing school boy class and stuff, I'd hear these crazy stories every morning. Like, Oh dude, so-and-so last night at the beer tent, this and that. And then, yeah, I got old enough to go and it was just kind of lame. All right. Um, yep. Okay. Uh, categories? Category time? Sure. All right. Let's uh, do it. Lee at Reraceables 2000 Steel City, Seth Rarick, uh, Jason Wygant. Thanks to Lee at, man. Lee at .com. Uh, mountain bike stuff is fantastic. They uh, redid their helmet. Please check it out. If you want to save with that, use a code uh, and uh, send it in. And uh, use an email. We'll give you a code to save with Lee at. Uh, Decal Works, Guts Racing, uh, Scott Goggles, uh, all on board with us, as well as Maxis Tires. All right. Leah Racing uh, Re-Raceables categories. Here we go. Who really won the race? Weege? I'm going to go with Travis Pastrana. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's easy, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, you can't argue this one. No, no, you really can't. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's probably a good idea. Uh, you're right, Weege. All right, who really? Uh, who's that guy? Award? What do you got, Rarick? You got a guy? Yeah, I got. Uh, <clears throat> out of both classes, I only have never heard of three guys, okay. but uh, I'm gonna go with Michael Campbell in the 250 class. He went. He was pretty far back there, but I've 31, never 31, 29. Heard, yeah, Ohio. Yeah, ever heard of Michael Campbell before? I, I've yeah, same Ohio, right? Yeah, I, I thought you might know, but no. I uh, same, no, same here. He, yeah, he's done three races ever, and I've never heard of him. Yeah. In fact, let me go. This would have been his last one. No, no, I'm sorry. This was first one. He did two in oh one. That was it. All right, Weech, you got uh you got anybody? Uh yeah. Um Jeffrey Baker, I had not heard of. Got thirty fourth, going thirty thirty four in the one twenty fives. But he's got quite a few entries in the vault or the old racer. The, the racer X results has the vault built into it, by the way. Everybody just used the drop down menus. But he raced quite a bit. Um, only a couple top 20 overalls, but my bad. Someone in Indiana, call me out for uh, not knowing Jeffrey Baker Jr. Jacob Martin for me. No, Jacob Martin was amateur. I don't know if I want to go legend, but well you know, done. Jacob Martin? There we go. There, welcome back, Rarick. Welcome to the show. Jacob <laughs> Martin from Oklahoma, correct? No, yeah. you're, you're thinking of uh, that's not this. Is it the same guy like Johnny Marley era and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jacob Martin was he was a really good amateur. Oh, I man. know Jacob Martin then. Yeah, all yeah, right. yeah. And the guy weeds the guy you said Jeffrey Baker Jr. He led us. Was it Indy? I mean, I don't really know Jeffrey Baker, but he led Indy. Supercross for a bit, I think, and then crashed his brains out. Well, that would have been a home race. Yes. Uh, maybe it was a heat race. He was leading a Supercross, though, and then just absolutely died on a Cowie. I remember that. I always remember that as a little kid. But, yeah, he raced a bunch. I, I know who I know of him. Let's put it that way. Okay. You're not thinking of uh, Josh Sweat, are you? Because I think he has the same no. exact story. No, Josh Sweat was from uh, West Virginia. Yeah. Well, he led, I think, India at one point, and, like, all the – all the West Virginia guys are like, dude, he had Carmichael speed. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, one time in Indy. And I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Josh Sweat was an incredible amateur, though. Very, very good. Yep. Uh, I don't know right. about Carmichael speed, though. No. <laughs> all right. Lit Kid Award. Rarick? Uh, Seb's No Fear gear. Any Anything No Fear that era. But to me, that day, Tortelli, just, yeah. that was the sickest, sickest gear. Best look. Factory Honda. You can't go wrong. Okay. Weege? Yeah, I would have liked to pick the same. I actually never was a fan of the particular look that Pastrana had going, although I know it's iconic. So I'll just go with Wyndham, who probably had very similar gear to Seb on the same team. So I'll just do that to pick a different one. Because, yeah, the No Fear stuff almost always looked good. Okay, I won't. I agree, but I'm not going to go No Fear. Uh, I will go for an underrated look. The Axo stuff that Jessamine had on. Uh, there's a photo of him here, Bill's Pipe Suzuki. It was kind of, Axo was done by here, done. But it actually looked kind of good. Black, blue. Uh, I thought he was shift. What? I thought Jessamine no, was shift. No, shift was uh, uh, when he got 99? on. 99? Yeah, I guess, or something. Primal Impulse okay. at some point. This is Axo. This is Ping. A Ping was Axel this year. Like, this is all the, those guys. Yeah, yeah, Axel, yeah. yeah. Axel stuff. That Axel did look good. Your shorty wore it, too. 931 Macau. Yeah, shorty wore it, too. Good. Yeah, it did look good. Like, again, Axel's best days were, were behind them at this point. But not, not a bad look. Um, all right. Um, Shit Kid Award. Weech? Got anybody? Um, 
Honestly, man, can I just say Pastrana's helmet paint? What? <laughs> I, was, I know it's iconic. Pro, art, pro artworks, the swirl on I, it? I never liked it. What? I begged my dad to get that replica helmet. Oh, my God. They sold it? Oh, yeah. They sold a, uh, it. It was Chewy Pastrana replica. I begged my dad to get yeah, that they, helmet. They did. Yeah. The No Fear Gear, the HRP Chess Pro, the whole deal. All I got was wow. enough for your gear. I never got the other stuff. But yeah, I love that helmet. I was always like, his look would be so good, but why does he have that helmet? <laughs> the the hit the hypnotized helmet. Yeah, I loved it. You're crazy. All right, well, Rarick, what do you got for shit kit? Um, I think in my last pod I chose this from the same team anyway, so I don't want to hate on it too much, but. LaRocco's O'Neill gear uh, was just not it back then. So, mm -hmm. I'm, but I'm not going to hate on O'Neill too much. I'm going to go with uh, Albertines or anyone wearing the, that year's Thor gear. It was like the block lettering. Mm, that was our with, year too. KTM, we had a team deal with Thor. Yeah, yeah, Thor was not it in that era, dude. Their logo was just—it looked like a bunch of cinder blocks stacked on top of each other. I'll go a little maybe controversial here. Uh, LaRock was a good pick, but I'll go Ricky's Fox stuff. Cowie, the later, the, 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 the couple years at Cowie, I don't know. He wore red a lot and light blue. Yeah, and, like, yeah, he wore he wore colors that didn't jive. The Fox gear wasn't bad. Like Fox yeah. on Ron Ron looked sick, I thought. The yeah. Whole, the YOT squad looked badass. The YOT squad going from Cinesalo to Fox was like going from like a VW Bug to a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, they stepped up their look with Fox 100%, the Yamaha Troy guys. But Ricky's stuff never looked that great. So I don't know if it's shit kit. That might be a little harsh. Well, was it the year he wore orange? It was his lucky gear. That was Honda. He had orange on a Honda. Yeah. Orange. Oh, that was in, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, two. Yeah, that was horrendous. You know what? I might just pull out uh, a, a shocker here at the last minute. Uh, JT, did JT wear SoCal this year? Yes. <sighs> We might have to go SoCal, despite decal. SoCal works. always bad. Yeah. yeah, despite decal works sponsoring this podcast, we might have to go SoCal. I don't know. It wasn't good. I don't see a photo of him, but I can picture him in my mind as as doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, where's JT? Well, he's seven eleven, getting the whole shot. JT crushed it, man. Yeah, seven eleven. Yeah, that's exactly where he was this day. Uh, uh, ninth overall, right ahead of Damon Huffman, Factory Suzuki's Damon Huffman, who probably was like, "What? I got beat by JT." You know? Wow! So that is, yeah, JT was on it. Um, all right, uh, yeah, and then the last award, the Jacob Marsak Award for the rider who did the best that maybe you don't remember, Weech. Yeah, I want to mention twenty uh, fourth overall Vincent Carnell, who I believe is Logan's dad, right? And uh, yeah, relation yeah. there. Oh, he got twenty fourth. Uh, I kind of vaguely knew just because, again, living in West Virginia, I knew some people from that general area who was like, no, Cardinal's dad used to race. He had a pro license. I didn't know, like, what level. Like, I didn't know his dad was making nationals. I mean, he went 23-21, almost got points. Uh, I did not know that. So good for you, Vincent Carnell. Rarick? Well, this guy was um, – he was actually on my potential Who's That Guy awards, which I still don't know. But uh, Steve Andrich. I've never heard of Steve Andrich. He would oh, go yeah. no, 17. Short guy. Real short. Uh, I have no idea who Steve Andrich is. Kelly. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Uh, he Kelly. has a bunch of entries in the vault. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. He raced forever. SoCal yeah, SoCal yeah. SoCal guy. guy short dude. No he wore, memory he wore AXO, too, for a long time, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, not a clue who that is. Okay. Uh, my Jacob Marsak Award might be JT, 7-Eleven. Oh, come shot? on. You've uh, known JT's done that well. All right. Chris Wheeler, 15-14, finished right behind Kelly Smith. So we won our morning right. qualifier. We dominated our morning qualifier. And then we go 17-11 on the day. I feel like that would have been normal for Wheeler, too, no? Or am I crazy? Nah, it would have been normal. You're right. Um, yeah, nothing jumped off the page to me no. besides mainly because I never heard of him though. Yeah, not really me either. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking Terlecki, eighteen fifteen, but he's also had a top ten before. Shane King's done better than that. Oh, uh, yeah, Plotz has done better than that. I mean, about, David Otell has done. Yeah, not nothing jumped off. How about the page. just the opposite and going Tim Ferry forty thirty four, not knowing what happened. What happened to Phil Lawrence? Thirty-eight forty. Ah, Phil was done by him. Phil was, yeah. This and done to Albie. This is Albie's Steve last race. Matt. What the heck happened there? Steve, a Canadian, 39th. Yeah, Blair Morgan too. Blair Morgan does well, just outside the top twenty. Yeah, Blair always did. I mean, I was, I thought he was always solid. Yeah, yeah, Blair. Oh uh, two, Blair comes to Seal City, and I think he beats. Uh, Nick Way, who I'm working for, and I remember being conflicted, very conflicted, like. Oh, this is good for Blair, but oh no, he's beating my rider. Uh, you know, so yeah. Hey, Saturday went better for you though with uh, Pettis and Dylan. Much yeah. better day than Bud's Creek. Wow, well, but still, still, still though, Eric, pile up, but yeah, still but can't. Still, uh, nothing can go totally right. Nothing can go hundred <laughs> yeah, percent right. McNabb still didn't make it to the race. No, McNabb didn't make it, and Pettis crashed out. So as, as though Dylan rode really well, and Dylan beating Phil was a real cherry on the top. For me. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> that, that was nice. Uh, uh, okay. All right. That's uh, that's it. Another edition of the Lee at Re-Raceables. Anything else, boys? 2000 Steel City. I remember oh, I Travis think... going nuts there after the race. I wasn't thinking about the gas. But uh, those uh, Steel City had those. What were they? Were they doubles or whoops after the start? It was either or. It was like. A section of singles that you could make whoops or yeah, doubles. I think they're whoops. He, he that. I think they're whoops. Manual of them, yeah. That was in Revelation one ninety nine. I watched that uh, video over and over and over until the tape broke as a kid. Yeah. So I remember, I'm like, dude, look at this guy. He's sixteen. He goes to X Games, dominates that three years in a row. Then he goes on this win streak. Pressure goes one one when he has to, and then goes out and does all these tricks. And then I saw manual those, and they're they're like whoops and a half. Like they're bigger than whoops. And I'm just like, God, dang, the talent, the skill. Like, this guy is just made of magic. And it um, was the next week. Hmm? What's that? They won Des Nations the next oh, week. Oh, yeah, It was GL's all working. I'm like, dude, this is just one in a bazillion talent, this guy. Uh, um, I remember. But you know what's funny? Okay. I was talking to uh, Jimmy Perry over the weekend at Ironman, who now works for MX Sports and Feld. But we've had him on this show before, Steve, your old boss there, the team manager at Yamaha. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know who Jet honestly reminds me? He's Travis Pastrana with race wins. And I'm like, I've never heard anyone make the Pastrana connection, but it's not wrong. I'm like, kind of the way he rides and the, the like, dude, how did he just do that? There's a little bit of it in there. Yeah, I remember uh, Daytona 2000, Travis going by the mechanics area, like third gear tapped, full wheelie looking at us. <laughs> just for fun. Just, yeah, just, just for fun, right? Yeah, you're like, wow, yep. this guy. Yeah, amazing. Did he used to go through with Supercross whoops looking over? Like, he'd look at the guy next to him for fun? 
Uh, How maybe, about yeah. was it 06 in the heat race? Every lap he'd blow by Tedesco in the whoops yeah, that were like yeah. 17 feet tall. So that yeah, it's that and then Ivan would pass him back, but every lap the crowd would get louder and louder and he hit him faster and faster until finally he missed one and just died. <laughs> that week I was I was at Chad's when he showed up that week for that race. And Dude, he, he died in those books. He gets on his bike. He shows up. We're all laughing. We're joking about, you know, the old man is back and this and that. He starts his – first of all, I think he has to start his bike with his other leg because something's up with that knee. So he starts his RM with the, with the left leg, jumps on his bike, goes burp, 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 towards the Supercross triple, the, the, the takeoff. He hits the side of it, backflips. Straight down, keeps riding. He backflipped well, off the side of a supercross triple that's four feet high or five feet high. And they, then, that was yeah. that was the same year the day qualifier at Daytona. He backflipped the finish line, right? I don't remember that. What? I, I don't know. We each, I don't I remember. I don't remember. You that. don't remember that? I don't think so. But I, I saw it in front of my eyes, so I, I, maybe I wasn't that impressed because I was like, this dude just did a backflip ten seconds after getting off the, getting on the track. Yeah, but you know you do not remember this Daytona because the they used to have day qualifiers there too, right? The Supercross format was different. Yeah. I, I remember it was yeah. a day or maybe it was the because they used to run Daytona during the day. Okay, either way, whatever it was, yeah, yeah. it was a qualifier. He won it backflip. Remember the finish line there was like a it wasn't a full blown double. It was like the tunnel jump. Yeah, he backflipped it and came up short on the jump and then went oh. over the bars and was oh, yeah. fine. Oh, I he do. Was fine. He got I, right up, but AMA was pissed at him. I do remember that. Yes, I remember the crash. Absolutely. Now, now I remember. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and then that night in the heat. No, no, it was the current for, format. They just ran a day qualifier because that night in the heat race. Yeah. Is when he absolutely <laughs> obliterated himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just mad that the AMA said no more backflips, and I'm like, damn it. Yeah. Yep. Well, he did one on the parade lap of his first Supercross, right? No, Not a backflip, oh, but I think he tried a trick. Oh, was yeah, that a trick? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I, he tried a trick then and crashed. And AMA also was not impressed with that. Like it's Indy 2000. Yeah, Indy, Indy 2000. Come on. <laughs> not quite. Oh, you know, that's what I was say. It blows my mind, though, how hard it was for them to maybe someday some person could figure out how to do a backflip. Like Travis even, I'm not joking, people. He set up ramps at the edge of the Grand Canyon, the actual Grand Canyon and jumped into the Grand Canyon with a parachute to try to figure out how to do backflips. And it took that to figure it out. And then somehow, why, like, three years later, now guys could do it, like, eyes closed, someone in the back, double backflip. Travis, Travis could backflip off the desk in my office now. Travis, like, Travis Marks can do one. <laughs> Travis Marks can do one, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. Like I said, I saw him do it off this little triple, and it was, and then he just flipped around, landed on two wheels, kiss kept going. And I'm like, that's what he does it's amazing it's simply amazing um the grand canyon seems like a safe place to learn though yeah for sure absolutely <laughs> uh good times Lee at re-raceables 2000 pastrana people just don't forget don't forget uh, uh next level absolutely what could have been uh an amazing rider and yeah i hate to give my old boss jimmy perry credit weege that's not bad though that's not bad yeah no it's not he's not totally wrong there nope no, absolutely. Uh, all right. Thanks to the sponsors. Yeah. Uh, Seth Rarick, Jason Wygant. Thanks, boys. All right. Thanks, boys. Have a good one. See ya. See ya.